Welcome to Talking Talks, podcast for the MediaBias.com. Joining me today is TJ. Hey. Brent. Hi. Back in the office again, it's Chris, and we are going to talk about a movie that I recommended for the Talk of Fame. So we are here to talk about a Talk of Fame nominee that I assigned for homework. It is 1998's film Akira. Akira! Um, and apologies in advance, we are not going to be pronouncing things correctly, just deal with it. Uh, it is a an animated movie out of Japan. It tells the story of a post-apocalypse, kind of post-apocalypse, but like a renaissance uh, Neo-Tokyo. Uh, directed by Katsuhiro Otomo, uh, based on the manga by written by yeah. that guy. Yeah. Um, but it is a sci-fi story about a group of kids who stumble upon a government cover-up um, that uh, led to the disaster that happened uh, X years previously um, that was basically a, a nuclear device uh, style uh, disaster um, and they find out that the government has been experimenting on children uh, with psychic powers um, and been giving them psychic powers and uh, one of the kids from the bike gang, Tetsuo, um, has an encounter with one of the test subjects, number 26, and inherits some of these powers and goes a little uh, nuts with the ability to control things with his mind and, you know, just kind of lashing out the way a young kid does to any authority figure telling him what to do. Um, all of the previous test subjects had been younger, so they could control them a little easier. This guy was, I think he's like 14 or 15, maybe even like 13. It's also kind of a rogue attitude, anyway. Yeah, because the, the group of kids in it, they're, they're in a bike gang, but it's pretty clear that they're a bike gang who just, like, feuds with other bike gangs. There's no real, like, criminal thrust to what they do. Right. Other than, you know, fighting with the clowns and other gangs. Right. Um, but Tetsuo inherits some powers from his encounter with number 26, and, yeah, that's basically what the movie is. And then it's all about the government and the... Uh, this rogue agency trying to capture and contain these test subjects and of course if you're an all-powerful being who has the ability to make nuclear blasts go off at will uh, you are not easily captured but yeah I recommended it because I thought that it is an interesting genre um, it's something that, that I think lots of uh, Western audiences forget that when we have movies that are post-apocalyptic that is a science fiction premise. But a lot of fiction that comes out of Japan, it's not science fiction to them. It happened. Like yeah, right. The only place in the world where nuclear bombs have gone off. So there are plenty of stories coming out of Japan where they go, well, a nuclear bomb went off. That's not the apocalypse. What What's next? Sure. So you get a lot of like robot fiction that starts coming out in you know the 50s from Japan and Lots of like crazy experiments gone wrong, like this. Um, I thought it was an interesting foray into kind of that subgenre. Yeah, that makes sense. That Japan would be a little more sensitive to like the the dangers of like scientific experimentation run amok or right. whatever. And that's and that's that's kind of the theme of the movie. Right. To jump ahead, um, you guys can talk about it if you notice any other. But the real theme is you know. Like, what's the next big device that's going to kill us? Um, you know, there are, there are open protests in the streets and riots, um, all kind of rallying against the government, calling it, like, tyrannical, imperialistic. 
Um, at in, in the meantime, they're developing a, a secret weapon that is more devastating than a nuclear device, or as devastating as. And this is a world where the Japanese government has access to a satellite whose sole purpose is to like channel the energy of the sun and fire it down with pinpoint precision. Like that's not a big enough that's not a big enough weapon to uh, create the kind of deterrence that we have in the nuclear age today. Mm -hmm. um, so they're developing this thing with these crazy old-looking blue kids. Yeah. So those kids were created. They were kids who were tested on, and then they were given that... So apparently that medicine that they take uh, to, like, control things, uh -huh. it basically stunts their growth and makes them age, but, like, not grow. So it makes them kids. They're old, though. Yeah. They're, like... That's no, why their faces are. Yeah, old. I understand. I'm talking about their abilities are given to them. They they are given to them in some sense. They they have to be kind of naturally attuned. Okay. Um. So they they are pulled based on their frequency. We don't really know how Akira was selected. Akira is like the yeah. patient zero. Right. Um. But everyone who they select, they they compare first against Akira's wave length. I don't know what they're measuring. Yeah. There's a there's a quote at one point which is like Akira's power is in all of us. Um, it's probably one but, of the creepy kids. But it's uh, does, does when he says that, does he mean like everybody has that somewhere within them, and it's just manifesting in certain people? Yeah, I, I think so. And then and then they unlock more of it with the medicine. Okay. Because when I remember the the doctor when he's running the tests in Tetsuo, he says, you know, this might be a little radical, but let's give him like seven of something. Uh, to 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 see what he can do. Probably capsules. Yeah. God, so many things called capsules in this movie. Yeah, I think that might be a weird translation. I mean, like yeah, it was just the the biker gang. The yeah, kind of just got the capsule on his jacket and the like capsules that had what was left of Akira at the yeah. end. Yeah, and then he sits down at the bar and orders two capsules. Yeah, and I was just like, ah. <laughs> I mean, that's, I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I think it's probably similar to the way that like lots of. Uh, like cyberpunk, everyone talks about like synths or augments. It's just their shorthand for like yeah. future drug, right? Um, but yeah. So uh, other than themes, I know I jumped the gun, but we try to not be so rigid with it. Did you guys like it? Were you entertained? Um, I the or the first maybe two thirds of the movie was something of a struggle for me, but I loved the ending. Uh, I really enjoyed the the final 30, 40 minutes or so. So it wound up being very entertaining. It was just a, a bit of a struggle because it's just uh, a lot of characters and you a lot of it, you, you don't really get a lot of exposition and so there's a lot of wondering like is this, is this a good guy? Is this a bad guy? Right. Um, I think the main characters are pretty well established, but there's a lot of the ancillary characters confused me at the beginning, and I would imagine if with more rewatches it would be. Uh, easier for me to, to watch but uh, I was entertained in in parts it's similar a little bit different yeah just just brief thing with him yeah with his point it is a little interesting because it's something that I think that that it deserves credit for is it doesn't do the cartoon trope of the same characters wear the same clothes all the time except for basically like Kaneda's jacket and then and then it's the a jacket though it's, that, it's a jacket yeah. yeah and then the whole time you've got uh, Kiori who's Tetsuo's girlfriend Everything that happens with her is within a day. So she's wearing the same outfit. Mm -hmm. But so, like, with animation, you can't really have the same level of detail. So you don't, like... There's two older-looking dudes with mustaches, 
And the times we see them, it's really easy to mix up Bill and Ryu because unless Ryu's in his like general's outfit, like you can't tell that it's right him. Um, and I'm I'm just I think I'm sure that that was Bill, uh, who's the general. Um, yeah, definitely, I definitely yeah. struggle with the recognition of Ryu uh, in several scenes and remembering like what who he was and what he. Uh, yeah, he he was he was he was Kay's friend who was part of the resistance. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. But yeah, yeah, it was at at times confusing. Also, to have Kay and Kai. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, sorry, TJ, you were saying oh, you're yeah. slightly different for yeah. me. Yeah, I was really engaged in the first like fifteen minutes, maybe. So not, I wouldn't say the first two thirds for me. Oh yeah, that's I right. Mean, I, I forgot. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed the beginning of the movie. Yeah, um, the like bike race and the violence pretty much up until they're getting arrested. So like after the scene where Tetsuo's girlfriend's almost raped and he should be dead, and the mm-hmm. guy runs like two hundred miles an hour behind a motorbike. Yeah, That's fun. Yeah, he jumps on the back of a motorcycle and keeps pace with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, very similar. Again, it was hard to follow at times. And, like, I didn't understand why, like, Tetsuo was obviously hallucinating. I mean, I, I figured it out, but it was still just, like, I don't know. It was just odd at times. But then it, it kind of came together at the end. There were still things. I think I've already told both of y'all, like, I didn't understand the power dynamic between the colonel and the, like, mad scientist-looking guy. Yeah. I couldn't never tell which one was, like, in charge of the other. If they were, it took me an hour and a half, maybe, to figure out that they weren't the government. Yeah. Right, yeah. That they that, were, like, rogue government. That's true. Um, but that could be me too. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's a genre of movie, not as specific as Chris was saying, but a wide genre that if it's not Miyazaki, I've never seen it. Right. So yeah, I, I also like I picked it because I think it fits in that like cool subgenre of the you know Japan writes movies about post apocalypse, post post apocalypse. Yeah, because they've had an apocalypse right. or an apocalypse like right. event that everyone promised. Um, but also because I know that you guys haven't watched a lot of anime, right? Um, and this is this is recommended by a lot of people as, you know, you have to see this movie, right? It's wildly influential. Um, I can definitely see that. Yeah. So story's a little sloppy in your guys' opinion, or or drags a little in the middle. It's it's got to find a way to get from point A to point B, and that point B is, I agree, the best part. And I don't want to call it sloppy or that it drags necessarily. It was just a lot. Yeah, I mean, I have it's a the, movie I want to watch again in like six months for yeah. sure. I mean, I have the manga in here, and this is like one, two, three, four, five, six. Like there are six volumes, like collected volumes like of it, three hundred page. Yeah, and yeah. it's and it's it is a huge story that right. is you know it's a manga, so there's not a lot of dialogue, but there's still there's a lot that they have to do. Sure, and they put it in a hundred and twenty five minute movie, and so there's there's tons they have to cut for time. But I also watch it, and I think like this would be so much better if it, if it had the time to develop as a TV show. But then I also don't know if I would enjoy watching episodes three through nine of a twelve. Right. And I I wouldn't want to watch ten, eleven, twelve of the finale of Without. the season with the breaks in it. Like I want to see that all as one big chunk. Mm-hmm. The creature horror stuff is so fun. What did you guys think about? I don't want to call them childish, but like. The characters, because it also toes the line between, and a lot of anime does this and gets criticized by Western audiences for it, of like, 
these are like 12, 13 year old kids, but they're also acting like goddamn adults. Like, do you find that their like motivations and stuff were compelling, or do you have a hard time kind, of, times, kind of buying it? They grow up as the movie goes along, it felt like. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously not in the beginning when they're just like fighting the other bike gang or whatever. Yeah. It's a mm-hmm. little silly. But it really starts when he runs into the kid Esper. Yeah. And, 26. Yeah. And the explosion happens and neither one of them die. That's when he's... I mean, that that's the catalyst. That's what the launching point mm-hmm. for the whole story. Right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that, that's when Tetsuo first unlocks and then both, like, inherits. Right. Like, his powers jumps off there. I don't know. I... I, I personally have a hard time figuring out the, the age of the character. If they didn't mention high school and they didn't show them and they didn't say that they were like, you know, second years in high school, I would have no clue how old they were. Yeah. I would assume they were like early 20s. Yeah. Yeah. But they are, you know, they're in high school and they're they're like full on like building laser cannons. Like weird shit. It's also a way in the future after a, you know, significant event. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I'm not. The standards could change for what responsibilities are, right. you know, for kids or not. And right. There, yeah. There's no adult presence around them, so a lot of people assume that, like, well, most adults died in that first blast, or like lots of adults died in that first blast. Yeah, it's like reading the Game of Thrones books, right? Kind of like it's a different world, so I'll take it. I'll take Arya being five or whatever and learning how to fight. Yeah. Um. So then, did you guys see any other themes or? I mean that the 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 anti weapons of mass destruction theme is pretty like in your face. Yeah, it's very it's pretty over encompassing. Also, thought they I just liked how the one the one entity you can absolutely point to and blame for allowing this to happen is government bureaucracy. Yeah, tax and reform. Tax reform. The guy who's <laughs> so concerned with tax reform that uh, he can't r- worry about this this project anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of like, and the movie's from like 1988, right? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of those themes were going to hit harder then, in right. the Cold War, obviously, than they would here. I mean, for I'm sure that wasn't their intent because they weren't really involved in it. But yeah. as a America, a Western viewer, yeah. Um, but then you get a lot of like weird, kind of childlike themes, like the teamwork theme, the love theme, the best friends, friendship. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think I think one of my favorite parts in it is when. Tetsuo starts mutating for like, you know, he's already gotten the arm, he's already started kind of fusing to the chair, but then later when he first starts like really growing rapidly, and he just, the first time he says like, Kaneda help, like yeah. after he had that long speech about like, ha ha ha, I don't need your help anymore, yeah. like he's finally lost control of the power that he was wielding recklessly. Yeah, and that like, that I mean the scene when the two test subjects are talking about going and getting... 26 and Tets in Canada yeah. out of the alternate universe or whatever. It's like, the three of us could do it together. It's like an episode of Muppet Babies. It's, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> we can do it if we just work together. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. And then like the, the teen angst and like the big brother kind of thing that Tetsuo goes with with Canada is super obvious throughout. Like, why are you always telling me what to do? I hate it. Ah! Yeah. But they get a lot. <laughs> Also, I don't know if you would call it a theme, but it's it struck me as uh, kind of a an early version of what most modern superhero movies turn out to be, which is like the 
the villain is so powerful and it requires teamwork to like work together to, to stop the the antagonist mm-hmm. in this big showdown. I feel like Marvel clearly has uh, used Akira for uh, a few climax scenes in their superhero movies where, you know, it does, it takes, you know, like a few characters with different abilities to to take down the whatever, the Loki or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the we have a Hulk moment, except... <laughs> Right, we have a space satellite. <laughs> yeah, what was it called? It was called something. Soul, soul. That's right. So I, I, I kind of want to kind of move through this because I, you know, there's obviously the scene, which it's hard to call it a scene because it is, like the biggest chunk of the movie is the stadium fight. Is the yeah. is like the expansion and like the the psychic battle, I guess. Um, that's that really is like the the tentpole moment of this. Um, yes. Do you want to talk about that, or do you guys have another scene that you also like? No, uh, and that's a good segue for what we're talking about in themes, though. That like blowing up an Olympic stadium, like against government bureaucracy and all that. I yeah, like that was definitely done on purpose. <laughs> so yeah, the only other scene I would highlight is the very beginning of uh, the guy trying to smuggle twenty six out. Yeah, trying to get him get him away. What was the? I didn't quite understand. Was he just trying to free Twenty Six? Yeah, or? yeah. They're they're just trying like to a, free the test subject. He was part of the group that worked with Kay and Bill. Okay. Or Kay and uh, yeah, Kay and Bill okay. or Ryu. I forget which one. One of the mustache guys. Yeah. But that group was trying to liberate them because they talked when they catch Tetsuo, not Tetsuo Kaneda, and they they lock him in that room. Mm-hmm. They're talking about how that guy died trying to do it. That's a really great scene where uh, you know he's on the run with Twenty Six. Yeah, um, and then not talk a lot about it. The scene that grabbed me the most was probably, besides the last, you know, thirty minutes of the movie, uh, the scene with I think it's Canada, Canada, it called Canada, and uh, his girl in the jail cell where they're being held, mm-hmm. and she talks about how, like, <clears throat> compares them the little kids to like amoebas building bridges and towers, mm-hmm. like the next step in human evolution. When she's a medium for one of the, yeah, test subjects. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was a a good like launching point there for what happened in the last forty minutes of the movie. Yeah, but I agree. The stadium fight is the yeah. I mean, the movie the the climax. You know, usually it's like at the like seventy five to eighty percent through a story is when the big climax happens. I mean, this was at like ninety six. It just like kept going and going and going and going. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't feel like there's wasted time in it either. No. There's like lots of like ebb and flow and push. Even like the penultimate scene where it's uh, right after Tetsuo um, releases what he thinks is, is going to be this god who he started to worship really quickly, uh, Akira, <laughs> and just finds like a you know a bunch of urns of organs uh, or Cap- vials, capsules, capsules of organs. <laughs> yeah. um, you know that that fight there is is really cool too uh, with Tetsuo Kaneda and the. Um, yeah that's really cool but it it really does build up to that stadium fight I really like the signifier when he sits in that giant throne I guess at the Olympics that's where like the like the I was going to say the game master but that's Hunger Games but like he puts his arm down and it just like locks him into the chair and it's like alright we here like this is this is where it's going to happen 
Also, side note, Tokyo is hosting the 2020 Olympic Games, <laughs> which is strangely so, so accurate. So 2040 then, when that Olympic Stadium is abandoned, <laughs> is there yeah. going to be some bio-machine that wreaks havoc on Tokyo? Who knows? We'll see. Or we won't. <laughs> what? Uh, never mind. I was going to say, what year did we all agree? Well, I just checked time? my watch to see what year it was. <laughs> It doesn't even say. It told you how many steps? Like 9,000. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, it's a long podcast. So also, just to, just to tell everyone, in case you are diehard subs versus dubs, I think we all watch the dubbed version. Yes. The dubbed voices aren't great, but they're about as good as you can expect. They're better than I thought they were going to yeah. be. They're not bad, yeah. They're really good. They're, they're good for Kaneda, Kiori, uh, K, uh, both the old guys. But like all the side characters, it sounds real piped in. Yeah. Like they had people, like animators, who like had free time. Uh, or like just one like guy to in. do like five voices. That's, oh, yeah. that's what it, I yeah. saw the, in the cast a few times where it was like uh, army. Some where <laughs> one guy was one of the main characters, then he had to do some side character as well. So he's just like, uh, I guess I'll just do it like higher. This yeah. Time. Um. But so so you know, in case and it'll it'll influence to some degree what you think of the movie. But we didn't watch the sub version this time. I've seen it before. It's you know. Do you have a preferred version? You? I like the subs only because. For me, it's it's a it's a it's my fault when there's a shot on a character, like a a tight shot on their face while they're talking, hearing the sounds and seeing the mouth move, to me lends more credence to how good the animation is. So then, when you have a dubbed performance, they're like talking, and it's the Godzilla trope, the you know yeah. mouth moving a lot, and all they say is "Oh my god," you know. Yeah, that's not a. I mean, it's not wild or anything. It mm-hmm. definitely makes sense. It's it's just I couldn't focus on it this time, so I went dubs. Yeah, um, and I know lots of us do lots of things while we watch stuff. So right. dubs, how we went with this. Um, I I really do want to get into I think the most impressive thing about this, and talk about the visual effects and the animation. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I am constantly impressed with this movie and its ability to animate detail at distance yeah okay that's the animation that's that, I was, point. that was that i was impressed with yeah it was like cityscapes yeah swiping like swiping sweeping shots yeah when when he's not a general he's a colonel i just looked at it but when the colonel is talking to the council person and they're just like walking along the side of that building and it's kind of panning with perspective across all the skyscrapers like every window in the background is individually drawn like there's no computer generated anything and it looks computer generated because they were taking animated cells and sliding them between each other uh, you know while they were shooting and even like the foreground animation like it's so expressive uh, not even to mention like the way the amount of work that had to go into building that biological horror at the end where like right before Kaori gets snatched up by it it's obviously it's foot and the way it telegraphs it to you is as the big unit is moving like little toes look like they're also gripping the ground and moving so it's like the big toe of the giant baby monster and then the little toes also grabbing through and then reincorporating and then more mm-hmm. like a water wheel sorry I don't want this to be just me talking about why I like this movie so much I no that's uh I wasn't getting bored oh no I'm yeah no. I just didn't want this to be like let me talk let me talk let me talk we vote you guys are no I'm yes and it's like <laughs> what <laughs> I uh, since we're on like technical yeah. stuff, it, it, we can go back to visual effects if we want. But I was uh, I was really impressed with the soundtrack. I really liked some of the songs in the hey, movie. Y'all hit my top two things. And uh, 
especially the song over the credits at the end too i was really just i i thought the use of music in akira was way ahead of its time like it's something that would impress me in a movie today mm-hmm. there and were some things that were almost like like gregorian chant ish oh yeah the, like during like some of the like and the lack of sound too oh, we yeah. talked about that scene of return of the uh, uh nope nope last shot i um, but whenever they went up to Seoul and they're being silenced, it was really cool because it was a like a it sucked it out. Yeah, sorry, I didn't remember. Yeah, no, there's there's also like a notable lack of score for a lot of the movie. Like uh, they use songs or, or or singular pieces of music like that. And uh, but like during that fight scene, during the stadium fight scene, there's it's mostly silent. But then there'll be like single moments here and there where this music comes like blaring in, and it's yeah, really yeah. cool. Uh, I also like like some of like the earlier stuff where they're just like riding their bikes around or they're like you know chasing the clowns, uh, where it just sounds like industrial noises but like industrial punk kind of, where it's just like, it sounds like what the music that a, a sentient motorcycle would make. It's just like you know pipes hitting each other to like some kind of rhythm, but it's very discordant and I think that fits with like where they are in this like the slums of this Neo Tokyo. Yeah. I don't want to move through things if there's more stuff people want to talk about, but, you know, we're trying to not stick so strictly to the script. I mean, the, the first thing that, that did pop out to me is that what I told Cass, or maybe it was Brent, was, like, it, it's animated, so there isn't any, but, like, the production design was amazing. Yes. That, and, like, jaw-dropping at points, and it kind of got me through that, like, 40 minutes of, like, and it maybe hurt a little, because I wasn't really paying attention, I was just like, it's so pretty. Yeah. Uh, even in the like sewers when it wasn't like super detailed it was mm-hmm. just it was super detailed which right. is neat there's yeah there's and there's some like there's some cool just like background stuff with that with like the design where it's like you're never explicitly told like what these riots are but there'll be a sign in the background that says like end the illegal strike and it's like clearly like there's like some like communist or socialist movement right where there's like there's a a, a large labor strike that's happening that is like the main tension for any of the characters not involved in the plot of this, and that's all just like background storytelling. Yeah, yeah it's kind of tough to do the next question with this because it's uh, would this be anyone's number one achievement? But this movie is not really doesn't strike me as a movie that's uh, traditional in that way, where it's made by like people who do movies. Like it was directed by the author of the. Of the books, yeah, right. of the comics, and, and the it is it is definitely his, yeah, like going to be considered his best. Katsuhiro Otomo, like there's there's, I don't think that there is an anime that is like a like an adult like for adults that has the same like cultural significance that Akira has. Like mm-hmm. I don't think that, that he has written anything else that could rival it. Um, so that's that's kind of hard because it is a it's like being the biggest the biggest fish in a small fishbowl to us who aren't as familiar with, um, you know, the full body of work of Japanese animators or manga writers. Yeah. It, makes it, it, it does make it really hard. I do want to talk about the, um, the financial success. Uh, this was a uh, pretty expensive movie to make. A billion um, yen, right? Yeah, it was a 1.1 billion yen... Uh, and worldwide, it only grossed forty nine million or seven hundred fifty, or forty nine million worldwide, 
and 750 million in Japan. So it wasn't super successful, and that probably has to do with the, with like the violence. It is very violent. I mean, there is an attempted rape at one point in the movie. Nudity, um, like heavy nudity. Heavy nudity. There's, and it's just like it's a strange sci-fi movie that's you know going to be rated R here. Like it's not going to make a lot of money, but mm-hmm. I think that culturally it was pretty successful. Um, but that's not measured by dollars. Definitely more of a like cult status movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, it's highly rated as of when this Wikipedia article was last updated. It's got eighty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah and it, it was funny. The first quote is Akira is distractingly bloody and violent. Yeah, and it's talking about its animation. Hey, Roscoe, do you want to get your t- two cents in? Would you like it, Roscoe? What do you think? <clears throat> hey, do. Oh, look, look at it picking up the AC. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's a movie that definitely is, is widely respected. Pops up on lots of, like... Uh, Must-see. 100 movies see before you die kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's... Uh, so so hard to like put it into any kind of perspective, right? And this, yeah, it, it also, yeah, that that's what makes it hard to evaluate because yes. for me, I, I having seen you know hundreds of percent more animated than you guys, I still haven't seen anywhere close to what list writers have seen for like best animated movies, right? Um, so it's perspective on what. Is essentially your guys' first like full adult drama anime. It's definitely is. my first yeah. of any kind. So I don't know. I mean, we can talk about if it if if it aged well, but it's 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 animated, so it's kind of hard to say that it didn't. Right. Like it's 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 a bit of a timeless format. There's a reason why in the 30s people were hand drawing, animating things, and now they're still hand drawing and animating and getting nominated for Academy Awards. Like yes. So I don't know. This might end up being a little bit of a short one. Is there is there anything else on the list that you guys want to talk about? Or not really? I was just gonna I was gonna say like it's hard like and, and to evaluate is very tough because obviously I thought a movie is animated extremely well and I, the thing that I give the most points for, which is like originality and story, I have to give it like the highest score possible. But I don't know if it's the first of its kind. Right. It is to me. You know what I mean? So, like, do I... I don't know if I need to weigh that in, or if I should just be like, you know what, I've watched 2,000 movies in my life. I should just compare it to those 2,000. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, like, not that we have, like, a a huge field of listeners out there. That's true. And I don't want to be like, this is obviously the, like, groundbreaking story in post-apocalyptic sci-fi manga. Yeah, and if we we had like two thousand listeners, I don't want to get a flood of emails being like, "You forgot all these ones from the seventies and early 80s. You know, I know pretty so much I all. Know. All I can say is based on like things I've read, which is like I've read that Akira is seen as a huge influence on movies like The Matrix, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, sci- sci-fi movies that came after it. But it's it is hard for me to. Again, when I have seen exactly one anime movie, is anime all Japanese animation, or is it a specific style? Yeah, it's 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 a term that is used loosely to describe it, all Japanese animation. Well, it just happens to have very similar style between 
people like argue about Miyazaki. Yeah, Miyazaki because it's is... so like Ponyo, House Moving Castle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are people who like by by definition it is anime, and right. other people are like, this is so different. Right. Right. This is certain. This is my only movie I've seen of of this style. Mm-hmm. This feels like more anime to me than. Yeah. It's like comparing, like comparing, and again from an ignorant mind, comparing Akira to, like, uh, Spirited Away. It's kind of like comparing like Dragon Ball to like, uh, like Pokemon. Yeah, it's just like so different. The Miyazaki stuffs. You know, I've watched three of them with my niece when she was under like eight. If you she ain't, she ain't watching Akira anytime soon. If you want to avoid letters, let's never mention Pokemon again. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would I love to get a letter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I could field those all right. Let's <laughs> just send those to Chris. Um, so yeah, like moving toward a vote, it's tough. I don't know. It's very tough. It's it's it is not so tough for me as far as the decision as as it is like the process of coming to that decision. Right. Um, as as much as I would, I would love to personally recommend movies to you guys. And have you watch them and to have comparisons for this. But this is what we do. Every week we record two podcasts. So I figured this was a good opportunity to recommend one of those for you guys to watch. And then also also call for a fucking home run and go, and I'm going to suggest it for the Hall of Talk of Could Fame. not be uh, more excited about the pick. Uh, not for Talk of Fame necessarily, but that's fine. But just, uh, it was a great homework assignment. I love being forced sounds like I don't want to, but like, I'm never going to just go pick this. Right. It's not in my, you know, mm-hmm. not even close to being, like, inside my non-peripheral vision. Yeah. So when it comes up, it's like, oh, thank God. I can, I don't know. It, it's also difficult for it's me. Like, it's in the Metropolis ballgame in that aspect. Like, right. cool. We have to watch it. Give me, I've got seven days to watch it. I need to have seen this movie. Right. Yeah. It's, it's also difficult for me, uh, not, not for, like, any part of, like, should I recommend this, should I not, or, like, what I think of the movie, but when it comes to something like... Let's say jazz. I don't listen to a lot of jazz. So when I look up what to listen to, I'm going to start with Miles Davis. Yeah. Like, not that this is the Miles Davis of anime, but it is definitely one that people point to as saying, this is one of the best. Yeah. Which, A, sets expectations really high for the genre, if this is something that you enjoyed, and you will be let down. I've been going that that road with this this year. Yeah. Um, But it's also hard to have a touchstone when you watch the greatest as the first thing to say like well that was good if this is like whether or not this is the greatest is still entirely up to other people right um but anyway we watched it so we can vote on it unless you guys want to talk some more about it i I think i'm ready i'm not trying to hurry you guys along but i don't even know um what are you looking for just rubbing your legs. A clue as to what my vote will be. <laughs> you go first, Chris. Yeah, I, I, I think it, I think it's I think it's <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious. I I think that this is. I mean, yes, I'm not going to say why because I don't want to like push. <laughs> no, no, no. Somebody sitting to my right into into voting any way or the other. What do you, what um, do you think, Brent? I'll, I'll take the I'll take the pressure here. <sighs> that way, you can decide and it not necessarily be determinative. Man, it's really tough. This is, this is live television, people. <laughs> Brent is deciding right now. Um, oh. my feelings won't. Do you want me to go? 
if you say no. You want me to go? Yeah, I want you to go. I think since in this like bizarre world that we've created for ourselves where we have a movie podcast where we're supposed to know about things, I have to trust what I've seen in a very sad life where I watched The Notebook, <laughs> The Prince and Me, <laughs> the and just movies all, ta- all day, all the time. Yeah. Um, and I know that when I rewatch this movie in six months, I'm not going to like it less. I don't think that's possible. So, I don't want it left out if I like it even just a little bit more. I don't think. And as far as animation and the story goes... Story is the first thing I look at for any movie. The animation is the first thing I look at for any animated movie. Uh, I think it's yes. Well, I know we all sort of handle our votes in unique ways. It changes from vote to and, vote, and, too. And, you know, yeah. every, each person has their own requirements for yes or no. For me, my most basic thing is, is would I tell uh, someone who wants to be a cinephile or wants to know movies, would I tell them that they need to have seen this? And if not... Why? And I think my gut says yes, that someone needs to have seen this because it is, and I'm kind of taking, I'm taking sort of people's word for it in that like this is the golden standard of this genre, which I don't have a lot of experience with. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a bad movie by any means, but you know, that for, for me it was a good movie that maybe compared to movies I normally watch, might not, I didn't like it as much as movies I would nominate for the Talk of Fame, for example. But, at the same time, for me it's a movie that that people probably need to see because it is so, you know, widely agreed upon that this is a a benchmark of, of anime that... That yeah, it and it and it's it seemed to stand up in that regard to me. So more more out of a respect for the film than a personal love for it. Yeah, I, well, I think also like my problems with the movie maybe problems. There's a very good chance they're just problems with the style, and I'm not going to dismiss a style out of hand. David Amelie. <laughs> 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 I was about to before you voted. I was about to say no one gets upset when their movies get no votes, but then DJ still upset about Amelie getting <laughs> no vote. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm voting yes. I'm voting yes. Fun, cool. I didn't think that's how it was gonna go. Honestly, <laughs> me neither. We sat down. Also, it, when you brought up Metropolis, it hit me. I was like, I voted yes on Metropolis. I gotta vote yes on this for the yeah, s- same was, reasons, basically. Yeah. It's yeah, I, I and just to explain my yes vote or just love for this movie in general, um, this is the one of the movies that I think is such a visual masterpiece and so technically well put together that even for the looser threads in the story, it is still something where I think about this movie when I'm watching watching other movies. Movies that come after it that are drawing obvious inspiration. Um, you know, one of the best episodes of South Park parodying this this strange nice. Japanese movie, strange to Western audiences that they've never heard of, with the Trapper Keeper saga, where Cartman turns into this giant mass. Um, you know, it's just it is it is indivisible in my mind from great sci-fi movies, and I don't I don't sequester it off as you know excellence in anime. It's just an excellent 
sci-fi movie to me. Yeah. And I think for any other animated movie, any other sci-fi movie, this is... That it's animated just shows the degree of difficulty added that they chose to animate it. Um, right. And that they so successfully pull it off is why I'm a yes vote here and forever. And for all... <laughs> for Texas all, forever. For, all, for my issues with it... I still found the last thirty last half hour to be extremely gripping, mm-hmm. and that is hard to do for a movie that um, maybe didn't hook me with its plot. And like as much as I've talked about, you know, I can only compare it to movies I've seen. That is the 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 tipping point for me is really the when I rewatch it, and I really want to rewatch it far enough away to let it settle. And not too far away to remember the things I can remember. It's not going to get worse. It's only going to get better. I don't think. I can't see me being like, I don't like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I noticed this thing. Now I don't like it. Right. I don't think that's possible. So, yeah. Well, that's fun. Yeah, cool. Akira makes it in. Uh, we, were, we were three up, zero down. I think that David would have voted similarly, um, to be honest. Yeah. I think David's a, a big fan. Um, he's also seen a fair amount of anime, probably maybe a little more than me. Um, but yeah. that's that's the breaks. Akira makes it in 1998's Akira. Sweet Akira, if we're doing it right one time at least. I got homework for next week. Cool. What are we doing? We're gonna do a draft. Ooh. We haven't done a draft in a long time. I haven't done one. We're gonna do a, a four round draft. Okay. Just so we're we're gonna snake it so it's even. Okay. Uh, we're gonna draft. Directorial debuts. Ooh. Our favorites. Super easy. Okay. Short draft. We can talk about them. Uh, the homework will, I think, complete a filmography for all three of us. I don't think anybody's seen it. I definitely haven't. But it's only one of this director. I haven't. It's on Filmstruck. Uh, Filmstruck. 1998's following. Chris Nolan. His I'll first movie. Yeah. Cool. So, that's the homework. Sweet. Yeah. I think that's it. Does that wrap it up? That wraps it up. And take us out. Sure. This has been Talkie Talk, podcast for TheMediaBias.com. You can find us on Facebook at The Media Bias. We've got a page there. We also have pages, Movies Bias, Games Bias, TV Bias. You can send us an email at TheMediaBias at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at TheMediaBias. You can rate our podcast. We really like that. Tell us what kind of body horror you think that our shape is currently, if you don't know us personally. We are a three-headed mutant beast. Uh, And we just recently excised David from that, but he'll come back into the fold. He'll be around. Um, and if we all go in together, we can get them out. <laughs> uh, and I want to give a huge shout out to our intro music, original theme written by the Willow Walkers. Willow Walkers. Thanks. And then also our outro theme uh, provided by Burifa. Burifa. And that'll do it for us. Thanks, TJ. Thanks. Thanks, Brent. Thanks. Bye. 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 Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town, slow pokes, long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know. All the things that I know.